Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Yeah, Lord, thank you for so much that you give to us, that you always give first and best. You gave us your only son. We never top that. On top of everything else that you've given us, you loved us enough to come and die in our place. Die for our sins. Restore us to new life. And give us um, the ability to tap into that potential that you placed inside of us to be world changers in the power of the Spirit. Lord, even if you never gave us another thing, you've already given us so much, so we thank you that we get to give back to you now. Amen. I can still go on while I'm talking, so that's good. Um, when I, we, we, in this 40 days of prayer series, and I... Um, and that's starting us off for a year of prayer. So this is like the, the getting traction, I suppose, before we run a bit of a longer distance. And I said this morning when I was speaking at Sharston, we don't want prayer to be the last resort, but we want instead that it would be uh, our first thought. That's something that I'm wanting to, to embed, is that this would be our first thought. What would it be like this year to pray first? Just to remember that. I mean, we would pray a lot more if we just put that inside of us. Let's pray first. Not, not like, let's pray, oh no, what's going to happen? It's all gone wrong, now let's pray. But let's, let's pray first. Before we act, before we do something, before we make a decision, let's make a decision to pray first. Before we just react, we can say, let's pray first. And, uh, and I know there's, so many times I'm just like you I'll act because I'm quite an activist and then maybe something will go wrong and I'll ask God then and I'll pray and I want him to maybe bail me out of the situation but that ends up being prayer as being my last resort instead of my first my first response and um, so sometimes we try to encourage people to pray by telling them how necessary it is but I found that even just understanding the necessity of prayer isn't always enough to make me want to pray more. For something to become part of our life, prayer needs to be something that we do first. And that only happens when we kind of look forward to it. And I'm convinced lots of people don't enjoy prayer. One of the reasons is because they've never really been taught how to pray. I'm glad that fairly early on as a Christian... One of the things that happened, that happened, just so happened in the church that I was at, was that there was something about prayer that was being taught. And I can, it helped me to be able to become a person who saw prayer as, as, a, as what we do and then also of how we do it. And that's where this series, that's where these kind of times together can help. And in the evenings, in particular, in the mornings we're going to be focusing on the 40 days of prayer, the Rick Warren stuff and going deeper into that. And in this, I'm wanting to bring, if ever I'm speaking this year, several, well certainly for the time being, prayer models. Models that come out of the Bible to help us to make prayer more personal and more a priority and more practical and 
You know, just something that just happens naturally that we go, okay. Well, what would it be like if we were the first who just said, oh, before we do that, should we just pray? If that was it. If you just made a decision even from now on, that that would come into your vocabulary now, if it isn't already there. Before we go and do something, that you're just somebody who says, hey, I know we're going to do that. Should we just pray first? Would it be all right? Would it be all right if we just pray first? Even if you annoy people by doing that, it's all right. I think we'd see a lot more of God going on, wouldn't we, in our lives. If, if it was like, you know, you know what, before I make a decision on that, is it all right if I just pray about it? It's simple, isn't it? How, but we, I don't know about you, but I don't do that enough. I tend to feel the pressure of people or of decisions or want to make, you know, what do you think? What do you think? I want to be shown to be making a decision and decisive. So I'll just sort of come in with a, oh yeah, or oh no, or whatever. And then I'm not really, but I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be plugged into God since I became a Christian. I'm supposed to be directed by him. So when you discover what, this is, what prayer really is and its power more and more, which I'm hoping to discover more and more, once we learn to pray like this, prayer can become Again, not just something that we go and do, but part of our everyday life. And then you find yourself praying first. So it's like before the day begins. Before you go to bed. Before you go to work. As you're walking into the doors of work, pray first. Before you go to school or wherever. Before you send that text. Before you reply all on the email. Uh, Pray first. Before you eat. It's a good thing to do. Discipline. You know, even in a restaurant, the waiter comes or whatever, and you can say, just hang on, we're just about to pray. We're going to pray. We, it's just something we do. We're going to pray. Is there anything I can pray for you? I've had great conversations with people over that. Just to say, is it all right if we pray for you before? Is there anything you could, oh, wow. You'd never guess because people open up. When bad things happen, pray first. When, when well, before bad things happen, Pray first. When, when good things happen, I think we start, we'll start to we have a sign about expecting a miracle. I think we can expect more miracles when we pray first because praying like this changes everything because you learn to bring everything to God. And this isn't about having some formula for prayer. We're going to keep on reiterating that. Um, through this, these series. But this isn't about following some specific formula, some, se- some secret sort of uh, set of words or whatever. But we're going to look at some different models. I want to do that in the evenings. Like next week, I want to look at the, something called the tabernacle prayer and how, you, how it would be that in the Old Testament they would go into the, the presence of God through the tabernacle and how, do you, how can that help us to think that through in coming closer and closer to God. And, um, and so these are different models that can help us to be able to get a deeper connection with God in prayer in these evenings. Um, so tonight we're going to look at what, is, what, we call the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And many of us will know that. But how that can actually not just be a, something, some words that you memorise, but can actually be a model that helps, to, helps you to pray. And you don't have to master all of these models at once or do them all at once. But sometimes, if I'm anything like you, there'll be times when it'll be like, well, I'm supposed to pray. And my mind just wanders off into all kinds of other stuff. And I get busy with all kinds of thoughts. And then I'm like, next thing, I'm like, oh, oh, Facebook. Facebook post, that's interesting. Oh, dancing cats. 
they're amazing. You know, and then it's like I've like I've somehow missed the moment. And um, but these are things that we can do to stop us being distracted and to be able to get us closer to God. So as you pray, rather than thinking, all right, I've got to pray, I've got to pray. What do I pray about? And then you, you know, no, focus on the model and it give you a framework. And then from that, it's all right. If you start to get distracted, maybe God is distracting you because he wants to show you something that he wants to tell you or to, for you to pray about. But it reveals, a, the model reveals a process, if you like. So we're going to look at different frameworks for prayer. And, um, and none of these are meant to add pressure to your life or overwhelm you or make you feel like, again, this is a duty. I love the title of a book by Bill Hybels called Too Busy Not to Pray. Um, it's a recommended book for sure. Too busy not to pray because when we pray, actually, when I pray, I actually find um, rather than it taking time out of the business of my life, it makes time for eternity to come into my life and God does what I could never do in record time. That's, that's why to me it's more and more something. I want to pray more because then I've got more time for what's important. Because then it's not just me plugged into myself trying to get my own answers, but I'm plugged into God and I start to see his answers and his answers are always better. So rather than giving up on prayer, because, you know, I've read the books on prayer and sometimes I read them and you have these amazing prayer warriors who, you know, like they're storming heaven at 4am through till 9am and when they're like no sugar puffs and just, you know, all that kind of thing. And, and I'm like, I, I, I can't be like that. I, I fall back to sleep. Um, sorry, but I, I want, I'm a learner and I want to learn. Is that all right? I want to keep on learning. I'm continually wanting to learn. And, and it, the weird thing with me with you talking about prayer, it's a humbling thing for me because I know there's people in the church who are way better at praying than me. Who just knock this out of the park and I want to learn from them too. But what, one thing I do want to do is pray first. So we're going to practice praying here in these evenings more too. So that will help your prayer times to become more meaningful. So I'd encourage you in these evenings, start bringing along the Bible. Start bringing along a notebook so you can write down notes and prayer requests and things that God might be saying to you. So it's active rather than just passive. Praying first is is just one thing to start us off straight away. And again, just to start to think more and more. Let's pray first. Can we pray first? Do you mind if we pray first? I think it would be good if we pray first. And we can do this about anything and everything. I remember years ago um, when I, I, Zoe had been a Christian longer than me and I was kind of new to it. And um, so Zoe was used to praying for things like we had no money and we had this car. And uh, it always, we always had about that much petrol. We kind of ran on, on that much petrol. You got E um, and then just above E. You know that bit? That's where we, wrote, we drove everywhere. But it was fine because Zoe would say, well, let's just pray. And we'd be going along and go, oh, look, we've hardly got any petrol. And we've got to get to your mum's or whatever. And she'd say, all right, let's pray. And we would pray and we'd always get there. And I can remember one time leaving my mum's and getting on the motorway. And we're actually, I'm pretty sure we were going downhill at this point. And I said, I looked across and uh, oh, Zoe said, oh, Look, the, pray, pray, the, the petrol gauge is really low. It's on empty, more or less, there. Do you think we should pray? And I was like, nah, we'll be fine. Literally, the car went... <laughs> <laughs> it was like God went, oh, you'll be fine, will you? 
<laughs> anyway, pray first. So it's all practice. All we're doing is practicing. And um, how do we create a lifestyle of prayer is what we wanted to just look at. Because prayer is most effective when it isn't just an action or isn't some liturgy or something that we do now and then, but it's a lifestyle that we cultivate. And we're going to look at the example that Jesus gave during his life on earth. And actually, before we get into looking at the Lord's Prayer, just to recognise, Jesus prioritised prayer. It's what he did first. Mark 1 verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now some people have made that and made it like you've got to get up very early in the morning, but there was other times Jesus prayed too and it doesn't say what time it was. So I don't think necessarily it's, about, it's like you've, God's up at four, so you'd better be, you know, catch him while he's attentive. God's up when you want to pray. He's up for it. He wants to talk to you. But anyway, what this says is, for, for Jesus, there was a certain time that he did it. And it might be for us, and it can be helpful for us, to have a certain time. It might be that you're a morning person. Guess what? God's a morning person, if, that's, if you want. But if you're a night person, God's a night person. Because the day is as night to him, the Bible says. So the certain time is your choosing. And he's like, can we make an appointment? And put something in your calendar and do it when it's good for you, when you can give God your attention, rather than what I've sometimes done, which is like last thing at night and just rolling over and, Lord, I just really want to, you know, and then I'm gone. And so a certain time is a good thing to do. Next, have a certain place. It says Jesus went to a specific place to pray. I don't know if you've got a chair. It could even just be that. Or, you, you know, it could be the coffee shop. It could be somewhere at work, somewhere in your lunch break or whatever, that you can go and just spend five minutes before you go back into the afternoon. You sit in that chair, you do that thing, and, you, and you, you're just like, I'm here and God's here, and I'm going to give the rest of this time to him. Having a certain time, having a certain place reminds me. It could even be that, you know, there's, there's, you have some visual cues around you of some things that will help you to pray. You know, at your desk, you could have pictures of your family or other things. And think stuff that you want to pray will help you to be able to, to pray if you surround yourself by that. It can become holy ground. Wherever you are can be holy ground because God wants to come. And, you know, if, if it helps, if you, you can put worship music on there or, you, can, you know, you can, it can be anywhere, anywhere... God will meet you anywhere. Have you got anywhere for God to meet you? And then number three, have a certain plan. Because when Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them to pray, he gave them a prayer outline. And we call it the Lord's Prayer, but really it's the disciples' prayer because the Lord gave it to the disciples. It isn't like this is how the Lord prayed. They asked him, how do we pray? And he said, when you pray, pray like this. So the Lord's Prayer actually is in John 17. And down there, that's when he starts to pray for his disciples. But this is the Lord's Prayer that he's giving to disciples. So this is our prayer, isn't it? Yeah? And we'll see that this isn't just about memorising the words and knowing the words. I said this morning, the way I was brought up in the particular kind of faith tradition I was brought up in, I memorised the words to this when I was a kid and it was like a penance thing. I had to say the words over and over again. And to be honest, the, the badder I'd been, the more I had to say this prayer because you'd get like five Our Fathers, it was called, or and three Hail Marys because you had been bad. It was like prayer was then a punishment and a penance. It wasn't a privilege. 
But that's not what God wanted it to be. I don't think that's what Jesus wanted it to be at all. What he's doing is giving us a framework here, a plan for us to be able to pray out of. He's giving us a structure for our prayers. And uh, so we're going to go through that tonight. Are you happy, okay with that? Yes. Well, wake yourself up and stand up and give yourself a stretch then. Because we're in the presence of God all the time. And um, we're not just talking about him. He's here. And he wants to connect with us. And he wants to... Uh, so in the same way, why don't you just ask Jesus what the disciples asked Jesus. You, you personally, as if you're standing in front of him, you've seen how Jesus prays. You've seen what he does. And as a disciple to Jesus, why don't you say, Lord, teach me to pray. Just saying that to him. And he wants to teach you to pray. So then he says, okay, this then is how you should pray. Please take a seat. We're going to look at the steps. Number one, connect with God relationally. Our Father in heaven. Yeah, that's how it starts. Our Father in heaven. God isn't interested in us being more religious, but he's very interested in more relationship with his children. God has adopted us into his family and he loves it when we call him Father. Starting our prayer time by reminding ourselves of who God is is going to really help to connect us in prayer with him. And it's powerful. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says, You've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. That's never the way we're meant to pray. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. So now we call him Abba Father. That's how we pray out of who he is. And when we pray who he, he, who he is, I also proclaim who I am. At the same time, I know who I am when I see who he is. And it's good to pray this out loud. It's good to actually voice it, that he's my father. God is my dad. Father, I come to you. We'll pray this together. Next one. Why don't we pray it out loud together? Let me say this. Father, I come to you in prayer today, thankful that I am your child. I know I am a sinner, but you have forgiven me and adopted me as your own. And I am so grateful to call you my Abba Father. Thank you for loving me. I love you. That's connecting relationally with God, our Father. It's all we're doing, you see, we've got the words, but then we expand out on it. In, in our prayer. Next one is worship his name because we say hallowed be your name. There's power in the name of God. There's lots of different names of God. You can look through the Bible, you can study lots about the name of God and all of them can help us to, to worship him biblically, specifically, Personally, I was reading this morning about Abraham and how um, after an encounter that he had with God, he said, now I see that God is provider. That's who he is. He's become, he's my, you know, he's always been provider, but now he's become my provider. God is righteousness. That's another of his names because he makes me clean. God is sanctifier. He's forgiven us and set us apart. God is healer. He forgives all our sins, but he also heals our diseases. God is our banner of victory. Uh, oh, he defeated our enemies. God is our shepherd. He leads us. God is 
peace in every storm. These are the kind of names of God that we can, we can say, this is the God I'm speaking of. I'm reminding myself of who I'm addressing when I'm, when I'm connecting to him. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. What do the righteous do? They run into it and are safe. It's like there's a safe place to go into the name of God. I was reading a book by Graham Cook and uh, he was saying about how he was in this, um, he was praying, he felt like he was in this spiritual battle. He had this picture and he's been just pursued by uh, the enemies of God and he was running and running away from them. Whether it was a dream or a vision, I don't know. He says, but then he came to this, this tower and he stepped inside of it and he was invisible to the, to the enemy and he realised that this tower is the name of the Lord that he'd come into. So you, you, you can pray from a really powerful, safe place of strength when you come into the name of the Lord. When you're praying, this is why Jesus says, you can pray in my name. It's not just, not just like, I'll sign the check. There's something powerful about the name is who he is. And so proclaim his name out loud. There's power in proclaiming the name of God out loud. My best mate, John, who uh, is in this church, I remember him telling me years ago um, when he was in the police like I was, he went to, he went to a place where the um, North Manchester General Hospital in the, in the, 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 uh, there's people with mental health problems who were all in there and kind of uh, sectioned and somebody was, uh, was being violent and assaulting somebody and John came into it and as he came in, he said the whole place was just literally going crazy with people shouting and screaming and throwing things and it was just terribly loud and he didn't know what to do and he came in and even though he was a police officer in his uniform it didn't help it just made things worse and John had recently become a Christian at that point he didn't say he didn't know what to do I just remember him saying at this point he just said be quiet in the name of Jesus that was it there's power there's power in the name why don't you pray this with me? Look at the words for a minute. And we pray, God, I am in awe of you. Your name is a strong tower, a place of protection and safety for me. I praise you as my healer, my shepherd and my banner of victory. You are my peace, my provider, my righteousness, and my sanctifier. Your name is great, and I worship you. Next part of the prayer is when we learn to pray his agenda first. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, when you become a child of God, you increasingly get the family likeness. You start to care about the things more that he cares about. There's things that now I care about that I never used to care about before I was a Christian. There's, there's, there's uh, problems going on, things going on in the world that literally didn't concern me at all. And then as I come into God's presence, he shares his heart with me. This is what happens more and more. You start to get your heart shaped so that you know, he breaks your heart with the things that break his. So we start to pray his agenda first. Luke said in Luke 12, if we do that, if we make the kingdom of God our primary concern, seek first the kingdom of God, he'll sort out all the other things. So often 
I'm seeking all the other things rather than the kingdom. But if I learn to pray more, how much time do we spend focusing on what God wants when we pray? How much time do, we spend, do I spend thinking about what I want and bringing that to God rather than focusing on what he wants? Well, you might think, well, I don't know, I don't know what God wants. Yeah, we do. Just got to read the Bible. It's really clear. Some things that God wants. What does he want more than anything else? He wants people to be saved. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He's not, he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That includes people I know, doesn't it? Does it? It includes people you know, doesn't it? People who don't know him. He wants them to come to know him. That's his heart's desire. That's, that's what, what he, so we can, we're on safe ground when we're praying for what we know God wants. And that's that people would know him. That's number one, is saving the lost. I said to my grandson, Cole, um, just at the start of the new year, I said to him, Cole, what are you praying for this year? And he said, uh, I think he's seven. He said, well, I'm really praying that this year, everybody comes to know Jesus. I'm like, wow. And he was just, you know, childlike faith. But it was like, this is the year it's going to happen. Everybody's going to come and know Jesus. The Bible says it's good to pray for wisdom. It's good to pray for guidance. It's good to pray for those in authority. Whether or not we agree with them. This includes parental, spiritual, governmental authority. That God's purposes would be worked out through them. So, here's a practice prayer. I'm not going to put the words up, but if I invite the band to come up, we're going to go into another time of worship, because I'm going to break it up a little bit tonight. And uh, the band are going to come up. We're going to go into a time of worship, and maybe you can reflect back on some of the teachings so far that we've had, and, and ask to God to embed that into your spirit. And um, I'm going to pray a practice prayer as they're coming up. And, um, and then that can lead us into a time where, we, because we want it to blend the prayer and the worship and our hearts all together in the teaching. So it kind of gets fused and it isn't like we've got this and then we've got that and then we've got that. But there's something going on all together. So please stand. And God, I recognise that there's no better plan on earth than your purpose. So first of all, I'm praying that your will would be done in my life. And maybe as, you, as we're praying, there's going to be areas that God will bring to mind where you need more of his wisdom or more of his presence, more of his uh, will to happen today, this week, on the earth that his kingdom would come and his will would be done in your life just in that little circle around you that you occupy and sometimes I find it helpful you can go outwards from the circle or inwards from the circle but, but like sometimes we'll do it from inwards going outwards if you can imagine concentric circles now from you as you're meeting with God and as we're worshipping it's like the circle the next circle around you might be some family and some friends and some, some other people whether or not they know Jesus yet or whatever they're included they're, they're part of they're connected through you to him you can connect uh, in prayer with him so who comes to mind who's, who's populating that near circle to you right now and what situations are they going through
Maybe the, you want to pray for those who don't yet know him to come and, and, and discover the, the love of the Savior, Jesus Christ, for them. And like as a circle goes out, you're going to pray perhaps for, we talked about leaders. Who, who, who's in authority in, in your life? Pray for your boss at work, perhaps. Pray for spiritual leaders. Pray for the leaders of this church. Or if you're a visitor, pray for the, the leaders of the church that you belong to. Or any other leaders in your life. Just asking God, would you give them your wisdom, your insight, your spiritual, supernatural help? Revelation are and what you can do Lord as I worship now I just want to give this part of the earth that I stand in and occupy and the, the part that I'm involved in I give it all back to you give you my life back in worship and I'm asking today for wisdom and clarity as you show me the next steps of the things that you want me to do for you and for your kingdom I'm seeking first your kingdom right now and so I'll give you permission to do what you want me to do and to go where you want to send me in this world anywhere, anything big prayer I trust you for it Lord Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.